0: You're listening to the TrekMate Family Network.
1: Hello, this is Jonathan Frakes, and you're listening to TrekMate.
0: We are TrekMate. Lower your iPods and surrender your timeline. Your enthusiasm and passion for Star Trek will be connected to my own.
2: Resistance is futile. Space... The final frontier.
0: These
2: are the voyages of the Trek Mate podcast. Its continuing mission to entertain, enlighten, educate, and talk all things Trek. To boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Make it so.
0: Prepare to attack all on land on battle station. station. Worry, we will get to the bottom of this. All I ask is a tall ship and a star steering. I don't want excuses, I want answers. Am I authorized to enter the neutral zone? How do you think that tells me about your character? Captain's log, star date 3541.9. Program complete. Enter when ready.
1: Hello and welcome, to Trackmate. My name's Wayne Emery. And My name's Paul Drinkwater. And it's been too long, Paul. It has. It's been ever so too long. Ever so too long.
3: But uh, I think all of our all of our hectic schedules all of a sudden came to a came to a head,
1: and uh, everybody was doing everything at the same time, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, well. Give, uh, give an update. Um, unfortunately, Mark couldn't join us uh, today. Uh, we have been trying to schedule uh, a recording session a bit, three times this week, and I think each time uh, something's got in the way for one of us. Yeah, <laughs>
2: one
3: of us has had a problem with, on, on one of the occasions. Another time, somebody else has had it. So it's,
1: yeah.
3: we, we try, we try. It's not
1: we always. Uh, well, always. <laughs> well, that's the thing. So it's a question of, Uh, We decided to get together and uh, put together a pod, uh, minus Mark, just so that then we could get something out because it has been, I think, about six weeks. Yes. It's it's been about six weeks since we put something out. So uh, Uh, we do apologise. However, we've had a lot going on. Uh, What have you been up to, mate? um, It's just that time of year at work for me. Um, Uh, Well, you've been on holiday. (laughs) Well,
3: yes, yes, I was was going to. Get to that. I was gonna say, is that time? of You know, everything's going on at work. It's flu season and loads of other stuff like that. But I did also treat myself to a to a week away in Spain a, a couple of weeks ago. So that was that was lovely. Ah,
1: oh, yeah, no, you, I I was quite jealous. You had plenty of good weather over there.
3: Yeah, it was really nice considering it was um, sort of September that we went. Uh, you know, end of September sort of time. You're not not expecting it to be really really hot, but it was still sort of 32. 31, 32 degrees, which was, which was lovely.
1: Well, you was on the Costa Del Sol, weren't you? Yes, yeah,
3: yeah. So um, we had one, one day, it started to rain just before we left, which wasn't a much of a problem. <laughs> but, uh, no, it was not. You, you've had a bit going on as well, haven't you?
1: Yeah, it had a lot going on. I I will give everyone an update. Pretty much the reason why we haven't been able to put anything together is um, my... Uh, Well, our landlord uh, needed uh, her property on the 9th of September, uh, which she did give us plenty of notice. But it's meant that we actually had a period of about uh, uh, about a week and a half, two weeks where we was uh, homeless, staying in uh, Travel Lodge. Uh, We have now got a place we've moved in. We've got a, a, a new three bed townhouse that we've moved into. And it's just been absolutely hectic with moving, with unpacking, with sorting things out, with starting to decorate. And uh, so, yeah, no, it was a real, real hectic time. And trust me, sleeping in one room with two kids and a pregnant woman is not easy.
3: <laughs> no, or advisable. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, exactly. So, no, it's... um. It was definitely a, a trying time, but we're through it now. We've got a lovely place, uh, and luckily the uh, we've got space that I can turn a room into uh, a recording studio of sorts. Uh, so it, there's going to be ample room to escape to do podcasting without disturbing the kids. So no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to... Um, just getting back on board with the whole podcasting thing. I know that, um, uh, Mark's also been, uh, really busy. He won't go into what he's been up to too much. He can exp- uh, like uh, talk about his going on when he's here, but yeah, we do all apologize uh, for the delay, but unfortunately real life did really get in the way quite big. So, uh, things are settled now and we're looking forward to carrying on. And it's, it's nearly coming up to our two-year anniversary, Paul. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, it's nearly coming up to our two-year anniversary. Ah, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's no. Cool. Yeah, because I th- cool. think it will uh, – I will double-check the date. I th- think it's uh, November that we actually uh, first started. I know it's the day before Mark's boy's birthday. Oh, cool. So, yeah, no, we – um and – uh, Paul and I do have something special that we're going to be starting to uh, like pan off and do uh, to uh, like uh, what not to celebrate, but to almost like um, what would you say, Paul? Enhance the TrekMate experience?
3: Yeah, I think I think enhance is uh, is certainly a word that I would use.
1: Yeah, it, it's a side project that will be uh, going on, and we're looking forward to it. Yeah, yes, watch this space. Yeah, watch this space. uh, We'll have more to tell next week. Well, next fortnight, rather. Very exciting. Yes. No, definitely. Though whilst we was away, Paul, I uh, did uh, get another phone call from BBC West Midlands asking us to uh, uh, talk about geeky stuff. Ah, very nice, very nice. Yes. So uh, we'll uh, quickly... uh, delve into the uh, archive and uh, whack that out and give that a listen, if that's all right with you, mate.
3: Yeah, let's go for
4: it. It's the BBC in the Midlands. Hello, Stuart Ellis here for Graham Torrington this week on The Late Show and uh, great calls from you on fandom so far this evening. As I say, everything from Only Fools and Horses to Doctor Who via Daniel O'Donnell. Um, this after the the story that uh, is in the news today, the the uh, the Villa footballer who was receiving death threats. It was basically a, a testimonial match, charity match, and uh, Louis Tomlinson from One Direction was playing in said match, bit of a tackle, bit of an injury, and uh, the uh, footballer concerned getting death threats on Twitter from slightly overzealous One Direction fans. Um, having said that, we just heard from a Cliff fan and a Daniel Dono- O'Donnell fan who said, uh, you know, we would protect our idols in the same way or similar ways. So uh, your stories tonight of fandom, who have you been a big fan of? And how far would you go to defend them? And uh, as I say, we did talk about Only Fools and Horses earlier. One sort of genre that definitely, definitely has its devotees is the, the Star Trek franchise. Hello, Wayne. Hello, Stuart. So the Star Trek franchise is definitely what does it for you.
2: Yes yes no i'm uh, definitely enveloped in the uh, star trek fandom
4: uh, which which series in particular or just the whole thing
2: the, the whole thing the whole thing it, for me personally it's hard to pin down to just uh, one series because they all offer something totally different from each other
4: for me, the first memories of Star Trek were in the days I think when I was a little kid just watching it. it. Used to be on, on on the BBC. They used to this is the original series. I think it was just a filler, really, wasn't it? And it was just shown, and then and then it disappeared for so long before they they tried the next generation. So when did it start for you? Well, uh,
2: for me personally, it was uh, with the next generation. I just happened upon it by chance because. I was only about six years old and I would always hear my brother laughing uh, watching TV and I wanted to spend more time with my brother so I just watched what he was watching and then I just got sucked into this uh, world of... like it, it, something that just portrays like a fantastic vision for the future and has great character development and cra- it, it, it ticks every box that a sci-fi fan could want.
4: I think it's fair to say it probably gained some credibility when when they started again with the newer stuff because the production values were that much higher. You know, there's a lot of affection for the original series, but there's also a lot to ridicule, isn't there?
2: Well, the thing is, uh, the original series is uh, definitely a product of its time. You've got to think it was made in the 60s. It's very episodic Uh, for for about a year of uh, the final season was written by uh, people that weren't even sci-fi uh, fans at all and uh, don't get me wrong the third season of the original series has got probably some of the worst tv that there is out there though you've got classics like city on the edge of forever and trials and tribulations as well. So you've, you've definitely got to p- pick and choose when it comes to the original series.
4: I think that is fair to say about things. Even, I mean, I, we talked earlier about Doctor Who, and I'm quite a fan of and enjoy Doctor Who, but but there are episodes where you think oh, that's a bit rubbish. And it, I suppose being able to, to admit that means that you're a fan who's still got your feet on the ground.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, no, definitely. I, to be honest, I don't think uh, you can't walk around with uh, like you. Uh, your blinds over, you've got to recognise the the pap as well as the great stuff, because that's what makes you a good fan. If you can sit through some of the episodes that you're like, what were they thinking? (laughs) Then you can appreciate the great ones when they come along.
4: So how far has your your interest gone? Do you do the conventions and that sort of thing?
2: I, uh, yeah, no, we do the conventions. Also, I do uh, podcasts. Uh, I set up a Star Trek podcast network a couple of years ago over at uh, trackmatefamily.com and we've just grown from being one podcast to like eight podcasts now and uh, it, it envelops a lot of our time.
4: I suppose that's the great thing that the internet's allowed people to, in all works of life but certainly if you're a fan of somebody it's easier to reach out and find like-minded people.
2: Oh no, definitely, definitely. The thing is, the fans would just as uh, dedicated uh, to Star Trek back in the 80s. But now that we've got the technology uh, technology behind us, you can reach out to so many more people and just really geek out. And also, the thing is, in normal walks of life, no matter what you're a fan of, you're more than likely only, only going to be one of a few people in the group of people that you interact with either at school or work and with the internet now you can just reach out and uh, have contact with thousands of people that like the same thing that you do it's a much smaller world
4: the, the conventions they do for star trek don't most of them tend to be in the states
2: no uh, well it's uh, they have a lot of the bigger ones uh, over in the states, though we have definitely changed that uh, recently. Last year we had uh, the biggest Star Trek convention that the UK has ever had in London.
4: Oh, of course! Yeah, I that, saw the pictures. Yeah, and they got all the captains together, didn't they?
2: Yes, they had all the captains together. Uh, they had, I think it was about 25 uh, different people from the shows. Also. Uh, uh, me and a couple of the guys from the podcast we uh, hosted some of the fan debates uh, that were going on there it it was it was amazing to have like so many people it was about i think it was about twenty thirty thousand 30,000 people all in one place just uh, embracing uh, embracing star trek and it's it, it was an amazing feeling
4: I, I'm, I have to ask are you married
2: I am married I, I'm not living
4: in a basement <laughs> I'm, I'm married with children so so okay that, scrub out all those other questions no um, so, so your wife how does she feel about uh, about your I wouldn't say obsession but your interest in in Star Trek and the lengths you go to
2: um yeah. I wouldn't say obsession was a bad word but uh, she's very understanding it, it took her a little while to get used to it because she comes from a background where she's never really got fandom before she's she's the sporty one I I, I don't like sport at all but she's into football <laughs> so it, there's been a lot of compromises over the years but she's, she's come to accept that I between podcasting and watching Star Trek and just uh, milling over websites that I've probably read a couple of times already. Uh, she's a very understanding woman.
4: So, so Saturday night in your house, there she's saying, "Let's watch match of the day," and you're saying, "Well, I've got a great episode of Deep Space 9 just, Is that how it works? That is pretty much how it works. So Saturdays, normally X Factor or Strictly Come Dancing, so I'm like, okay, then. <laughs> okay, so you've got some compromise on that. What about the... Because some of them uh, take it so, so seriously that that they, you know, they, they get annoyed if there's some deviation from something. You say, well, the warp drive would never do that. And and they, they've they got schematics of of the starships and this sort of thing. Uh, does yours go that far?
2: <laughs> what well, do you know what? The first book that I ever read from front to back when I was a child was the Star Trek The Next Generation technical manual.
4: So you could actually fly the the, the spaceship there because you've read the manual.
2: (laughs) Well, that's it. I've read the manual, but it's um, you you get people that really do uh, get into the techie stuff like that that argue over the uh, specific points, but then also you get people that literally live it as if it's real. So I don't... I'm very much in the class of... I spend a lot of time watching Star Trek and dedicating my free time to Star Trek, but it, you, it, I am not of the persuasion that believes it's a real thing. It's a real thing. Or, yeah, no, I I want to sit there and appreciate uh, like the work that has gone into making this amazing TV show. Yes. And uh, also, not only that... I've been lucky enough with the podcast to actually interview some of the stars and people that actually made like the models for the original movies. I'm much more interested in finding out what goes on behind the scenes as well as on the screen.
4: As well as on the screen, and obviously you've met at that conventions and interviewed people. Do you have do you have favourites? Do you have a favourite captain?
2: Oh. It- from, okay, beforehand, I would have always said either uh, Patrick Stewart, Jean-Luc Picard, uh, or um, uh, Kate Mulgrew, who plays Captain Janeway. But after meeting Scott Bakula at Star Trek London, who played Captain Archer, he also played um, Sam from Quantum League. Oh, Leap. yes,
4: he was Quantum Leap guy, yeah, I remember.
2: Yes, he was the nicest guy. He won me over left, right and centre, so... Uh, I, I do now have a new favourite captain.
4: Oh, and I suppose so much I could ask you just quickly, but what about the new films, the new uh, the retake on the films? What do you think of them?
2: Love them. Absolutely love them. I think t- so many people that are the diehard fans are so quick to jump on uh, the new films and uh, criticise. But to be honest, uh, films have been... Uh, like The franchise has been revamped constantly throughout the years why not give it a new action-packed theme? If it touches on some of the characters that have been used previously, so what? It's a fun ride, and it gets new people into the series, and then they want to go back and watch the back catalogue of Star Trek. So there's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. They're great fun. If, it, if it's not for some of the die-hard Trekkies, they'll get over it. They've got 700 hours of <laughs> TV Enough to, to, watch, to
4: watch, yeah. I won't say I've ever gone quite as far as reading the uh, the technical manuals for the Enterprise. I haven't gone that far, but I must say if, if, if there's a rerun on the telly and I'm not doing anything, I'll generally watch. And um, funny enough, the biz- most bizarre conversation I ever had on Twitter was with um, Anne Kirkbride, who plays Deirdre Barlow in Coronation Street, where we tweeted, yeah. we tweeted each other about the fact that Babe the Pig's dad is also the man who invented the warp warp drive. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and- and, if you, and she's not on Twitter anymore, but she was so, so funny. And obviously I think a fan as well. But yeah, I actually had a conversation on Twitter with Deirdre Barlow about the fact that Babe the Pig's dad invented the warp drive. And if you get that reference, yeah. then... Yeah. That's it. No, Zefram Copcron, he's a god in our, in our lands. You can probably tell me the date and everything. Nice to talk to you, Wayne. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Uh, so fandom, there we are. If you're a fan of... I, I didn't ask him if he's got the uniform, but um, you know, some of them turn up the conventions and do...
1: Oh, brilliant
3: stuff! Oh, that was good, that.
1: Yeah, no, they they always seem to uh, appreciate uh, appreciate us taking the time to talk, to them.
3: Yeah, well, it's always nice to be wanted.
1: Yes, no, I I do enjoy uh, getting the odd phone call every so often. Though you was on the BBC as well, weren't you? Oh yeah, but that's yeah, not track related. But yes, I've been on the
3: I was on the radio recently.
0: Yes, yes,
3: on a consumer show trying to. Get a certain company to who's trying to rip me off for five hundred pounds sort of, sorted out. So uh,
1: take well, it to the man, Paul.
3: I will. I will. I'll give an update on that next week because I should hear from them. So, uh, well, oh. the next show I should say. So, uh, see, watch this space, and we'll see how it goes. But, Excellent. Uh, Fingers crossed. Indeed, indeed. Otherwise, I'm going to court.
1: So, <laughs> yeah, definitely don't want that.
3: <laughs>
1: Excellent. So, whilst we've been away. Uh, one bit of news has been that the team behind Star Trek London are actually going to be doing an event in Germany.
3: Yes, yes, Star Trek Frankfurt. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. So, uh, what oh, what's your thoughts, Paul?
3: Well, I, must, I was hoping for something like. Uh, don't get me wrong. Of course, it's, it's a worldwide thing, and you know, it's going to go around and do the thing, but. Starting with Star Trek London, I was hoping the next one to be something like Star Trek Birmingham or Star Trek Manchester or or something like that. Something that there's still a possibility that I might be able to get. Um, Star Trek Frankfurt, I think it's a good idea. Very excited about it. I just hope that um, they learn from the mistakes that they made at Star Trek London and just to enhance
1: the whole experience. The thing is, Star Trek London, they did have... uh, I think MediaTem will tell you themselves that they learned a lot from Star Trek London because yeah. there were certain people on the scene that I don't th- before they were best known for doing shows like the ideal home show. Yeah. Uh, and that's very, very different from the sort of thing that they, uh, with, that Star Trek London was. Yeah. So uh, they uh, have openly admitted like where they could have improved. So uh, I don't see them, Having too much of a problem with like improving on what they're going to be doing, but um, it's it's like anything though, isn't
3: it? Until you've done it once and you you know what's ha- how it works and what what the deal is, you, you can't move on from there anyway. So, no. um, you know that they know what they did wrong exactly. They, yeah, and now that's why I'm, I'm, I'm I, I don't know. It's too close after Christmas for me. You know, February time. I've got a lot going on. I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. which I'm gutted about because. I know that they would have, because they're going to try and improve it. I, you know,
1: it's going to be, oh no. Well, oh. that's the thing. They've they've already announced six of the guests. They've got. Yeah,
3: now that's the. I was quite happy with that because I've met all of
1: them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, they've got Brent Spiner, Armin Armin Shimerman, Renee Obejonwa, Kitty Swink, uh, Casey Biggs, and Vaughan Armstrong. I love Vaughan Armstrong. I do.
3: I do. I think Bourne Armstrong is is an absolute legend. He was brilliant when we um, we saw him at the, the Film Comic Con, wasn't it?
1: Entertainment Media Show.
3: That's the one. Yeah, First well, one of those I've been to. But I, we just sat there. And spoke. It was uh, him and Ethan Phillips, wasn't it? It was.
1: And, um, and Jonathan Frakes. Frakes. And... Yeah. See,
3: that's I'm quite. I think the only one I haven't seen is that Kitty lady. Um, I think she's the only one that I haven't uh, seen. No. Um, so 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 far I'm I'm all right because I'm like right well I've seen all of those and you know now the thing is I'm wondering are they going to be able to get the five captains together again?
1: I don't think they're <laughs> going to actually be going for the five captains because they've just done that.
3: Yeah I, yeah but I but, wonder what they're going to do instead. I wonder I wonder um, <laughs> if they will they will try and get you know there's the um, uh, Enterprise restoration project going on at the moment. Yes. And that, you know, the Star Trek London, they had the original series bridge. I wonder if they will
1: try and get the Enterprise bridge there. Well, uh, they've, uh, they've already said on their site uh, <laughs> that the Enterprise D bridge is going to be the bridge that's there for photo shoots. Uh, Bastard. <laughs> so that, uh, that's the thing they've got the D bridge going they uh, it isn't the one that the guy's doing up in America. he's still rebuilding that.
3: I take it they're just going to build their
1: own there. Um, I think there's a traveling one that like, that went along with the um, Star Trek exhibition right and stuff so it's pretty, it's more than likely going to be that one <sighs> but in Germany the you know the guys who provided all of their props and everything for um Star Trek London. Yeah, they actually own every single item to rebuild the NXO1 bridge. Really? Yeah, and they're based in Germany as well. Now that's quite cool. Yeah. So they've got re- restoration projects of their own going on that they're going to be rebuilding the NXO1 bridge.
3: That's fantastic. So if
1: we could, that's if awesome. you could see anything of the NXO1 there, that would be brilliant.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Let's. And the prices seem a lot more reasonable. Um, oh, I haven't. No. Oh, I do apologise. I do apologise. No, they don't. <laughs> um, it, just, just on the website quickly, having a look, and it, it was the, uh, it was just the standard tickets. Um, I was looking at. I was like, oh, that's that's cheaper.
1: Um, but it depends what you want. It, well, that's the thing. Star Trek Germany will be the same as Star Trek London in the sense of you can have whatever experience you want yeah. if you want to see certain talks you can go to certain talks if you don't want to see them there's still plenty going on for free yeah that because there was plenty of free talks there was the fan debates there was uh like that stage that had like loads of creators and stuff talking yeah you also had the museum yeah exactly there's plenty to do if you only want to go in for the basic package yeah but then again you can do the silver ticket the gold ticket the platinum
3: and VIP ones all the way up to three and a half thousand euros so
1: yeah well I know that we've had an invite to it oh have we we have had an invite to it to uh, blog uh, from there however it's it's as you said it's just working out if any of the team can actually afford to do it at such short notice i tell you what though they have got a fantastic online deal because yeah? if you
3: buy if you go for the VIP ticket at three and a half thousand euros mm-hmm You'll pay that on the door to get that. If you buy it online, you get it for two nine nine nine. They take five hundred and one euros off it. That's a pretty good deal. That's for, not um, bad at all. Yeah,
1: that's not bad whatsoever.
3: But yeah, but then again, if you if you were going for a VIP pack, a ticket and you brought it on the door, you're a bit of a fool <laughs> anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. No.
1: But that's the thing. I people that are pissed off that Star Trek London, it, it, the um. Uh, that Media 10 have gone to Germany and have seen it as like a kick in the teeth to the UK fans after building up the thing. Media 10 <laughs> had always intended for the, uh, for the uh, the cons to actually be a worldwide thing. I mean, look at the name it's Destination Star Trek.
3: Yeah. And, and, as, then, and as I said, it, it is
1: a global phenomenon. It's not just uh, No, exactly. And uh, they are testing new waters by doing it in Germany because obviously, uh, you do have FedCon uh, later in the year, yeah. But they've tried to pull it as far away from FedCon as possible to so try and not put anybody's noses out. Yeah, but well, I can see
3: this now being annual because on, on the website now they've got uh, the next destination. Um, yeah. And and you, you just look at it and it's it's just like oh, you know there yeah. is to be more. We are going to go. I mean i I might, I reckon they'll do. Um, I reckon they might start off to Australia at some point.
1: Okay, well. Okay, this is between me and you, Paul, and the Trekmate listeners, right? That the, the th- this is in no way official, but after Germany they are gonna be doing a second event in twenty fourteen. Yeah. On English shores. Oh really? Yeah. Ah so I'll, I'll talk to you offline about that. <laughs> don't don't get too disheartened. Everybody who says like that's a big old kick in the teeth to the English fans, wait a couple of months, wait a couple of months before you get really pissed off because uh, things will be put right in your mind. I think that's, uh, that's exciting. <laughs> yes, no, definitely. So, uh, it's, it, it's going to, whoever manages to go there, I think it's going to be an amazing event, but I think, uh, following the captains, I think they probably need to, uh, try and have a good hook. So I, I was thinking of maybe, uh, Put into them that they should theme the event on Holodeck episodes, yeah. so so they can I don't know have the woman who played uh, like have the the family of the Doctor, and it's it's a really bad idea I know, but still.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, one thing I'd like to add quickly is that um, how many people have been on to the Destination Star Trek Germany website? And are going through all the little clips and bits and reading the information, but when you see a picture from uh, referring to last year's um uh, Star Trek uh, Star Trek London if you're trying to see pictures of yourself in there, yeah because I've been looking and I can't see myself yet I can't even find a big enough picture of uh, of the world record attempt to be able to zoom in and have a look I know um, I'm at the back right somewhere
1: there are pictures in there there are uh, there are uh, there are pictures about of uh, of that though um Obviously, uh, we did get some uh, decent photos from the con put in the uh, Star Trek magazine when we were there.
3: Yes,
1: yes, which still needs to be framed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I haven't framed mine yet, though since I'm going to have a geek den, I I think I might do that soon. Yes. But um, also, uh, I know that... uh, I haven't discussed it properly uh, on here because... They only came out just before our last episode recorded, I think. Oh, uh, the, I know. Well, yeah, the official Star Starships, uh, Starships magazine. Which
3: is funky. Yeah,
1: they, they were actually uh, promoting themselves at Star Trek London as well, weren't they?
3: Ah, now is that the one that uh, a couple of us went up to and they gave us a free magazine? Yes. Ah, see, they never gave me mine.
1: No, I never got my one name, either. They
3: took my name and address and they said, oh, we'll send one out to you. And they never did. Either, either that or the postman
1: stole it. Oh, more than likely, but yeah. yeah, no, I. that's the thing, they um, uh, they were there initially promoting themselves uh, way back when. Oh, can I do a little bit of a teaser very quickly? Uh, oh, go on then. Uh, the wigs and the face paint turned up. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Take it as you will. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I'm looking forward to that now. Do <laughs> they look good? Uh, I haven't actually taken it out of the bag. Oh, okay. You haven't tried anything on? No, no. no. <laughs> yeah, I was just
3: worried that, you know, I'll get up this morning and i would open it up and I'll put it on and then I'll be around the house naked wearing this
1: wig and it's just so exceptionally wrong. <laughs> Let's face it, it's happened before, it will happen again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: What was
1: that?
3: What, what, film, what film was it that went all of this? Oh, was that The Matrix, wasn't it? All of this has happened? No. No, it's Battlestar Galactica. That's it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: No, that was starting to wind me up because I was thinking, where do I know that statement from?
1: yeah no PSG. but no that's excellent stuff but yeah no the the, uh, starship magazines uh have uh, come out and anyone who doesn't get them i have to say they're bloody gorgeous
3: yeah and um and if you subscribe to it which i'm actually on the website now and i I think i'm gonna have to you get lots of free bits you get um you get an
1: enterprise dedication pack uh plaque sorry which isn't you've got it anyway I have got it. It's about, I would say, it's like it's not as big as the normal one because I would say the normal one is what about A4 size? Yeah, round about. I, that. I would say it's about three quarters of that. Yeah. It's still a decent size, but I tell you what, it's bloody gorgeous. Now, have you got your free Borg cube yet? No, you get that on the. Basically, what they do is they ship you. If you're subscribing, they ship you two magazines uh, every mu- every four uh, four weeks. And with each shipment, you get your free gift. So with your first shipment, you get your binder to keep all of your magazines in. Yeah. And that which I've never seen a binder like it whatsoever. It took me a little while to figure out how to use. Okay, um, I can see the picture of it. It does look different. It's, it, well, it's, it's how you actually put them in that confused me. But oh. yeah, I'll... I have to do something to show you. Um, and then the second shipment, I've got the Enterprise D dedication plaque. I'm not sure what's going to be on the uh, next one, but I tell you what, the dedication plaque is bloody gorgeous. Yeah, right. Click yeah. here to subscribe today. All
3: right, all right. Now, which ones did you get me? You got me issues one and two, didn't you? Yes, you would need to start from issue three. Not from issue three. Where did you hear about this? Uh,
1: I heard about it from TrekMate.
3: It just says other. It doesn't let me put TrekMate. Oh, oh, I suppose I could put Star Trek Convention, couldn't I?
1: Uh, yeah, I suppose, since Star- that was where we first heard about it.
3: Yeah. Right. I would like to order Star Trek, the official staff collection, at $9.99 an issue.
1: Yeah, so, uh, because I tell you what, it's the ships are such high detail, high quality detail. They're absolutely stunning
3: tell you what i've got one in my hand i've got the d in my hand
1: mm-hmm.
3: let me just take it out of the box And can hear lots of gasps
1: from people who say no oh See, no the the boxes no. are actually designed so that they can be opened and reshut and
3: but i did ask the question didn't i i did say to
1: you when you gave me the first so i said can i actually open these i was like yes i've been fucking playing i've been uh, oh. having mine out playing with them and the uh the funny thing was, when I discussed it with Mark, because he had gone and bought the first issue, which was like on offer for three quid, which had the Enterprise D, and yeah. he broke his...
3: Did it, I must say, I was just looking at it, and the nacelles um, are quite fragile, um, but then again, they've got to be, because of the size of the model. Um, you wouldn't want to put too much undue pressure on them. But the, the main, um, the saucer's metal. The saucer section's metal.
1: Yeah, yeah, and there's, uh, it's... Uh, it's almost. Uh, what would you say the rest is like a resin or?
3: Yeah, some some sort of thing. But the detail on them is superb. Yeah. Really is superb.
1: No, it's they're so immaculate. And also the magazines have got some really nice insights into them because they're like half written as if half of it is like in-universe history of it. Like the Enterprise D was commissioned on this star date, captain by blah, blah 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 blah, and then. it's got like a really nice interview with the guy who actually designed the ship
3: yeah there you go yeah I mean it is a nice it is a nice magazine
1: yeah and the the thing is there's going to be about 70 issues yeah yeah there's going to be about 70 issues they're going to cover most of the ships that have actually been out and I do 700 pounds that's fine it's every
3: (laughs) Is I must it... say I, I did open up the, the first magazine with the Enterprise D on it, and image two in the, in the near the center spread showed the saucer separation sequence. But the picture of it looked like it was the model, so mm-hmm. I sat there with my model for about five minutes trying to work out how I separated the saucer section until
1: I realised it wasn't actually the. Uh... Don't pull your saucer too hard, Paul. <laughs> no, <none. laughs> so, no, no, and the uh, but. The thing is, though, How,
3: how often is it out? Sorry, let's have a quick
1: fortnight. look. fortnight. Every fortnight. So, two a month. Two a month. So, that's 20 quid a month. Yeah, which I'm don't, i not complaining at. I'm not complaining, I'm not complaining that at all. Because so far, I've got the Enterprise-D, uh, the NCC-1701 refit from the motion picture. Uh yeah. Klingon Bird of Prey, Romulan Warbird, and the NX-01. Yeah.
3: Now, see, the only problem I've got with it, though,
1: Mm. is
3: you're all right. You've always got somebody at home. So your postman comes around or your postwoman comes around, knocks on the door. Here's your magazine. Mm -hmm. See, I'm never here when the postwoman comes. She comes at about 11 past 11. So I'm at work. So every fortnight, I'll come home to one of those bastard little red cards that says you've got to go up to the post office.
1: Well, it's not every fortnight. It's once uh, every four weeks. They send two issues in one go.
3: I see. So I'll only have to go to the post office once a month.
1: Yeah. I Wonder if they can like do uh, which
3: date, which which day would you like it delivered?
1: Though no, though they you can select different delivery addresses. Like for, whilst we was out on our ears, um, I was getting it delivered to my mum's. Ah oh, right, okay. So it doesn't have to be the billing address. Yeah. But the uh, I'm looking forward to getting the freeboard cube because the, I've seen a picture of it. It does, and, stop, doesn't it? it's actually, it, it, it's not, say, if you look at the size of the D, it's about five, six times bigger than that. Yeah. It's actually really quite big. Mm. So, no, I'm looking forward to that. Definitely. So, and, um, no, I'm, I'm thinking of actually, um, cause we, uh, Trekmate does have a YouTube channel over, at, uh, YouTube forward slash Trekmate podcast. And, mm. Uh, I'm actually going to be thinking of doing, like, a highlight video, like, just a couple of minutes on each issue when they come out. Yeah. Just, like, show them off and then show people. Because the thing is, if you don't want to subscribe, you can ring up and order specific issues Yeah. as well. So, if there is certain chips that you want to keep hold of, uh, like, get hold of. So, but if you want to have a look at that, it's... um, Star Trek Starships.com. And you can, uh, they do accept orders from abroad. Right? I'm sure they accept orders from the States as well.
3: Ah, so that's uh, a little bit of something for everybody then.
1: Yes, yes, no, definitely. So, uh, oh, whilst we was away, um, someone did pose a question to us on Twitter, Paul. Right. He said, do you think that war must be jammed into Star Trek? Um, no. It just makes it more exciting.
3: I would I would argue that... But then again, I think it, it, it's difficult not to. Um, I mean, we're on one planet and we are at war all the time because people want this and others don't want to give out. If you're looking at a universe with the same thing happening, then... Um, I think it's a little bit naive to say, well, it's no,
1: it's everybody's enlightened now, and that nothing's gonna sort of happen like that. But um, well, I think that with with Star Trek, you don't get the best out of your characters until you actually put them into situations that is trying for yeah. them. If if you don't give them anything to actually rally against or to like stand up against, then it's just going to be a merry old crew. Yeah. And Wolf would be a merry man. He would be a very merry man. (laughs) And that's the thing. I think that in some way or another, war has always been in Star Trek because yes, it's not always been like it was in the Dominion war in deep space nine. Yeah. But then the enterprise would always be flying past and, One episode would be there's a confrontation on like between one planet and another planet and Picard's like playing piggy in the middle, adjudicating it. So I think the actual use of war varies quite a lot, but it's always been there because, as you said, Paul, it's just something that as a species, we've never been able to escape yet. No, and I don't think we will. Uh, I think it, it's it's definitely possible but our entire culture needs to change. Yeah, and I don't think it will. I think there's just
3: too, you know there's just too many too many people out there who you know you'd have enough people probably that would say yeah let's let's stop all the fighting and let's do all this but there's always going to be somebody who will then go right I can take advantage of this situation.
1: Well, that's the thing it's it's the 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 want. Yeah for more and more power it's a question of with with our current situation unfortunately uh, the monetary system just makes it so that greed is rewarded yeah and you step on whoever you need to you rape whatever natural resources you have and you go to other countries and you take whatever oil you want and you dress it up as uh like freeing a country or you dress it up as uh, fighting terrorists yeah because then you've got an unlimited supply to oil yeah, which is probably what I reckon I reckon that if all of a sudden we had
3: to um, we had to find another source say it all ran out yet tomorrow. There'd, there'd be something else. I reckon they've already worked. You know the amount of stuff that we can do these days. Oh. You know it's just because of the money side. Of
1: it. The thing is, the technological know-how is there. It's been there for ages, Paul. we can harness. The thing is, with one hour of all of the <laughs> uh, all of the sun that hits the earth, the radiation that hits the sun from the earth in one hour can power the world for a month. So that's not bad going. That that's 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 a that's a good old. Uh, good old blast that yeah so say even if you're not harnessing a hundred percent of that even if you're only harnessing 10 percent of that then it's a question of in that day you've done a whole month's supply yeah the thing is there at the moment there's no monetary incentive and you never see the enterprise going in for an oil change do you no exactly <laughs> though, though on that note i do have to say i i want to promote as well as trying to kick you in the bollocks. I know at the moment um, all of the main uh, companies over here electricity and gas have actually hiked their prices 7% yeah yeah they've hiked their prices and the prices are still going to go up. I've read before the end of the year. Ecotricity uh, who I'm with they provide 100% of their energy from renewable sources, all of their profits are going into building new so uh, solar farms, wind farms. Uh, what's it called when they uh, get power off of waves in the sea? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah I can't remember what it's called. Um, but yeah, no, that they're, they're investing all of their profits into that, and they have they had already undercut all of the top gas and electricity pro- providers in the UK um, about a month ago and they've promised to freeze that price for a year and they've said that their long-term goal is not to actually increase people's prices but the more customers they get and the more farms they build and everything is to actually reduce people's energy bills. Cool. So. Paul, you need to go and uh, switching over to Ecotricity is so simple. I'm on their website now. So simple. Literally, you just go over, uh, put in your details or give them a call, and they do it all for you. There's no charge for going over. If you've got a key meter, you can still use key meter. If you've, But also, you know how um, other companies, if you're on a key meter, you're actually paying More than if you're paying by bill. Yeah. Uh, Their prices are exactly the same, whether you're paying bill or key meter. So you're getting the same low price for whatever's convenient for you. It's a simple change. It takes about 25 days to switch over and then you're done. All of your energy that you are getting is from renewable energy sources and they can provide both your electricity and your gas. And all of the gas is taken from uh, natural gas uh, sources. And we've got lots of that. Yeah, exactly. Me and Paul could probably power half of Hemel. <laughs> so, no, I I know it's a little bit of a non-Star Trek plug, but honestly, I can't recommend these guys enough, especially in such a the climate that we're in today. Talk about gas, excuse me. <laughs> Pardon you. <laughs> so we, th- th- as you can tell We're not really going with a formula for today's show si- Since it's our first back And also uh, Mark's not with us We thought we'd do quite relaxed Yeah, just a quick catch up And uh, a very relaxed show yeah. uh, We did have a topic uh, in mind So uh, we're going to just jump straight into it, Paul What? Uh, let's discuss the Star Trek Chief engineers. Okay. Who for you was your favorite chief engineer? See, this is a tricky one because it's a. It,
3: it, it goes back to my old thing of whichever series I'm watching it usually turns into my favorite. I mean, I like Trip Tucker. I think he was good. Mhm. I, I liked uh, Geordie LaForge I thought he was very good. Um, I've got to say though, I think, I think in the grand scheme of things. I think I'm going
1: to go for uh, Miles O'Brien. That's just because you think he'd be a great drinking buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is that. But
3: oh, I, I like Miles. You know, he, he did a bit on the Enterprise. Then he's gone over to Deep Space Nine. He's chief of operations. He, I, I think he's brilliant. You know, he, he always manages to get it done. And um, you know, I know you got Scotty as well. He, he was the, you know, the original sort of great guy. But I, I really like. Um, but I think my favourite is going to have to be Miles. What about you?
1: Who's your favourite? I don't know. I've been contemplating this because I think sometimes start, the writers sometimes have a thing of almost giving the engineers like a backhanded slap as well as like building them up to be amazing characters. Because look at Scotty. He was like put forward as the miracle worker. Yeah, that's because he lied all the time. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, yeah. No, that's the thing. He was always <laughs> extending the truth. Scotty is very me? much a man of my own heart.
3: Yeah. You he he always, you he always um, do it by a factor of three or something.
1: Yeah, exactly. Then it makes it look like he's uh, uh, pulling miracles out of his arse. <laughs> but See, I must admit,
3: I do do that at work sometimes. I'll, I'll tell them that something's going to take an extra amount of time, or or I'll tell them the amount that something's going to cost is is it like fifty quid or a hundred pound more than it is. And then when it actually comes in, I say, "Well, actually, I managed to save you a bit. And I did it for this. Oh, great! Well
1: done." <laughs> That's it. Just uh, reaping benefits of praise that really isn't deserved. <laughs> well, no, it is deserved because I, I
3: do put the work in. But sometimes <laughs> I just want that little bit. Of, I don't. I don't seem to be able to stop it. Everything I do at work, I, I, ex- I sort of over. I exaggerate a little bit more than uh, than sort of is probably
1: needed. Oh, well. That's the and with Scotty, he, he 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 done that all the time. But then he knew the ship like the back of his, his hand, right? So has he, he, uh, he demonstrated? Yeah. Say, I know this ship
3: like the back of my hand, and then he knocks himself
1: out. That pissed me off. That is exactly the point that I was gonna get to, because he works on refitting the Enterprise, uh, like and he like was there from day dot rebuilding the Enterprise and. This, Scotty, you know. You know that he uh, knows that ship like right the back of his hand. But then they make him look like a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. An absolute buffoon. But saying that, they've done that with this Star Trek, the original series movies. Because Ahura, your chief of communications, they made it look like she needed a fucking Klingon dictionary to talk Klingon.
3: Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. See, that, that was. But then again, in the new film, they sorted that out, didn't they? Because, well, Christ, in the new film, Uhura's like superwoman when it comes to bloody. uh she, she, re- it,
1: it, she reminds me very much of Hoshi.
3: I was about to say that because she, when we first meet Hoshi, she's down on Earth, isn't she? Teaching, teaching them all um, the languages. I can't remember if it was Klingon or not. she was teaching some. Oh, whatever, however, yeah, yeah, and and she is a, you know, she is the bollocks, so.
1: Yeah, interesting. Oh, that's the thing. They retconned Uhura. But I just feel that... I feel that Scotty sometimes gets to make... You know, gets made gets look up- the buffoon yeah. Yeah. a bit too much. Um, Geordie, I think he's perfectly competent. Though I think he's a bit uptight. Yeah. Yeah, he does have a little bit of um uptightiness. He's... Uh, that's... If you watch how he actually treats some of the, uh, like, junior engineers, he treats them like shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to be his boss, I must say. You mean have him be your boss? Yeah, sorry, that's that's what I meant. Oh, yeah. he's... That's the thing, he seems like a perfectly good guy if you're working on the same level as him.
3: Yeah, yeah, you can get on with him really well, but when it, if he's the boss, then it's like, um... Oh, <laughs> yeah. Exactly, uh,
1: Belana. Us, uh, yeah. Um, Belana, no. I don't think she should have actually got the chief engineer position straight away. I don't think
3: she should have. It should have been. Uh, wasn't it wasn't. Carey, Carey was meant to get it, wasn't
1: he? Yeah, Lieutenant Carey.
3: Yeah, and, and he was sort of like,
1: no, well, that's the decision that's been made,
3: I respect that. And then just because she managed to stop one thing happening, which I expect he would have been able to do anyway, everybody's sort of like, oh, yeah, she's great.
1: Yeah, that's the <laughs> thing. Don't get me wrong. I think she's definitely a good engineer. But I think she needed to earn her pips a little bit more. Yeah, not just, you know, because if you think
3: about it, she dropped out of the academy, if I remember rightly, joined the mm-hmm. army, you know, she's basically a terrorist. And then just because they've been put into a situation where they're trying to amalgamate the crews, all of a sudden she's chief. Mm-hmm. I, that that would put my nose out of It, If I'd been a exemplary Starfleet officer for X amount of years and then all of a sudden terrorists come on board because they've got nowhere else to go and they're stuck and we're going to try and sort of get on with them and then if she gets my job, I would be fucking furious.
1: Of course you would, of course you would. And that plays into the fact that Voyager really brushed over the conflicts between Starfleet and McKee officers far too quickly. Mm. Far too quickly because you're right, you would have been really pissed off that... Uh, Bellana had got that position and you didn't.
3: Act. I, I, I would be looking at mutiny. Yeah. Well, that's well, the, I, I, Yeah. Well, I know they had a couple of sort of mutiny episodes, didn't they? But um.
1: Yeah, but it was never with the starfleet officers being pissed off.
3: No, which it should be. Or it should. It should. It, you know, but I, I suppose it was one of those behind the scenes things, wasn't it? You know, they're not going to do an episode where it's right. Come on, guys, we're going on strike. We got. We got a meeting with the captain to go and discuss this, and our union rep's going to be there, and.
1: <laughs> No. Well, it's, the thing is, though, with the amount of crew that the Marquee ship had, that was only a tiny ship. Yeah. It was only a tiny ship. And vo- the Voyager crew outnumbered them by loads. Yeah. So surely there was no real imperative to put them, it put Marquis officers in commanding positions.
3: No. And it was just to... Um it was just to sort of try and make him feel better wasn't it it was a you know chicote was and um, for chicote to get number 1
1: yeah two must've been right pissed off
3: yeah even if he doesn't show emotions i bet he got i bet he had a really rampant meditation session
1: yeah oh yeah no because that's the thing you, we know that they do have emotions
3: yeah they're just good at hiding
1: it yeah exactly no yeah. so balana i feel is perfectly competent at her job. I wouldn't have ever said she's as much of a miracle worker as say Geordie. No. And she is a moody bitch. I mean she is your Yeah. <laughs> uh, as much as Geordie might piss you off, uh she'll outright just really bite your bollocks off. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I wouldn't want um Yeah. Could I to Tom Paris i <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. Though I have to agree with you. I think my favourite chief engineer is going to be Miles O'Brien.
3: Yeah, because there's just no, there's no crap that comes with him thinking about it, is there? He's pretty straight-laced, nice guy, earned his job. You know, you've seen his career progression anyway because you saw him on the Enterprise. Um,
1: yeah. But also, look how he treats the people that work for him. A prime example of that is Ron. He nurtured Rom so much and built him up and made him into a fantastic engineer. Yeah. I mean, Rom is bloody... He's a genius. Yeah. Rom, but... my boy. Oh, Rom. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, no. I've oh, flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> and I... I personally oh, that think
3: Star Trek London that one that was um that was a sci-fi ball sorry
1: yeah that was a sci-fi ball Star Trek London you met her for like five minutes yeah
3: the
1: sci-fi ball was the one where uh, yeah <laughs> oh dear so and I think that uh, I think that anyone who nurtures other people's abilities as much as Miles O'Brien does and Miles was definitely Extremely competent with his work. Oh god, yeah. And also, that's the thing. It's there's only two engineers out of the lot that you see like have a family and get together with people.
3: One is Miles.
1: Yeah, and the other one is Balana. Yeah, yeah, because uh, she got with Tom, didn't she? And then did the bit. I, su- I suppose Trip got with to but he died. That was horrible.
3: I'd, I think I'd actually suppress that, because when you told me, I was like, oh,
1: oh yeah. It is, I don't think he needed to.
3: I don't think he needed to either.
1: But at least he got to tap to pull. <laughs> That's it. The silver lining. Silver yeah. lining. Oh, dear. So, OK, well, we're only going to touch on that subject briefly. We'll ask Mark when he's back who his favourites are. Now, uh, let's head on over to Trek Tracks with Matt.
0: Hi, Thanks for listening to this edition of TrekMate. There are a number of ways you can get in touch. You can email TrekMate1701 at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. We are at TrekMate1701. Or, if you're on Facebook, just search for TrekMate and add us as a friend. Remember to stop by TrekMateFamily.com to keep up to date with all the latest Star Trek news, read our original features, and check out some of our sister podcasts. Paul can be reached on Twitter. He is at TrekMatePaul. You can follow Matt on Twitter. He is at QBIE. And visit his website at qb.com. If you want to get in touch with Mark, tweet at MarkStamper. That's at M-A-R-C Stamper. Wayne can be found on Twitter. He is at WayneTheGame. Or you can visit wayneemery.com. If you enjoyed the music played at the end of the TrekMate podcasts, then you can download them for free at StarTrekParodies.com. And if you want to tell the artist just how much he rocks, you can tweet me, Rick Moyer, at Moyer777. Oh, and please, stop by iTunes and leave us a five-star review. It really does make a difference for us. If you've already done this, then thank you. Once again, thanks for listening. it's time for trek tracks
1: (laughs) yes and we've been joined by matt for trek tracks hiya matt
5: hello guys how are you
1: very good thank you how are you
5: i'm extremely well on this uh, lovely sunday morning we're recording it's very very rainy
1: though isn't it yeah, it's miserable. It is here. It is. Well, it job. is. It's very, very wet. I know Paul was quite disappointed because it meant that the car boot was cancelled. Oh,
3: uh, yeah, and i have only got two left now as well. So if the next two weekends rain, I'm not going to get to go over there. Are you still hunting for more Star Trek bargains? Are you? Well, I always look out for Star Trek. It is generally my 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 boot sale thing. I'll, my main aim is to try and find any any uh, anything Star Trek. But um, but yeah, anything really. Bit of fun. It's like um like um real life
1: eBay yeah it's <laughs> ebay before ebay yeah yeah now you go over there like two
3: pound yourself a pound haggle a little bit you know a little bit of bidding and somebody else comes in
1: you know uh, the, the thing is though with car boots i i really love car boots but i don't think they seem as you don't get as many gems nowadays as when you did say 10 12 years ago because so many people are just oh whack it on ebay yeah rather than take it to a car boot I- And not only that, but as soon as the car boot sale actually opens to the point you can get
3: in, you've got about 20 to 30 uh, traders who are just in there who know exactly what they're looking for, Mm -hmm. um, exactly what is good, exactly what's bad. So by the time you actually get in there,
1: um, it's all gone. Well, you know, when we done that car boot pool and we got absolutely uh, like bundled when we first pulled up. Yeah. And people were trying to fucking climb in the boot. Before you'd even set up, it's not. Like, you you no. make 400 quid in the first bloody 20 minutes. Yeah, it's like, piss off. Let us set up first. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but still. But you've been keeping well, Matt? <laughs> yeah, it's been uh, busy, busy, busy at work. All the students are back at the university now, so. Yeah?
5: Yeah, it's great
1: fun. Plenty of IT problems, I'd imagine.
5: Yes, uh, we've installed lots of new things that aren't quite working properly, so there's been a lot of uh, issues with them. But they're getting there, so, you know. And, uh, yeah it's been fun fun and
1: exciting excellent excellent so uh out of curiosity who's your favorite chief engineer
5: i'm torn i'd i'd it's difficult i would have a it would, for me it's a toss-up between uh geordie and uh o'brien nah. yeah
1: I, th- I think most people's are gonna be yeah yeah we had both gone for o'brien
5: yeah He's I, just, I, I think I'd go that way if, if you push me for an answer. So.
1: I think he's just everybody's best bud. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, when
5: don't. he just looks at something that's broken, he goes, "Oh bloody hell!" and just whacks it. You know, I mean, that's yeah. what we all do, isn't it? <laughs>
1: uh, and you know, he means business when his sleeves are rolled up. Oh yes. <laughs> that's when he's working. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, uh, what have you got in store for us today, mate? Well, I was looking at
5: the list of all the music clips i've played on this show mm-hmm. and i realized uh, not since the podcast last year uh, have uh, we heard in a clip from first contact so i thought oh, well oh. you know we've had a bit of a break let's come back oh. with a bang and play something from first contact
1: lovely. that'd be lovely and mark would be most disappointed
5: yeah i, I didn't realize he wasn't going to be here but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, he'll be surprised when he hears it won't he so.
1: yes no exactly it'll be a nice surprise Yeah,
5: so what we've got is a clip called uh, Red Alert, so it's from near the beginning of the film, you know, when uh, uh, they decide to defy orders and fly into the battle anyway. So it's a big action piece where you've got, you know, the Borg, and you also hear a little bit of the Klingon theme when Worf appears on the screen as well. Oh, I'm so
3: excited already.
5: (laughs) Well, in that case then, let's not wait any longer, let's give it a listen.
1: and there we are beautiful I, lo- I love that soundtrack so much that and Generations has to be my most listened to soundtracks
3: yeah
1: absolutely brilliant and this, as we were saying as we was listening to it you, just listening to that piece of music you can envision everything that's going on on screen yeah
3: it felt like I was just watching the film because I could picture it in my head exactly what was happening exactly what it was Then again it might just be yeah. an awful amount
5: well, there is that. I mean, I think we all have, haven't we, but the listeners missed a treat there because we were like quoting the film, weren't we? So yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly. Oh, uh, is and as we were saying, it, if it was tr- a truly accurate representation of TNG, right in the middle of after they had warped in, they would have uh, quickly had a staff meeting. <laughs>
3: yeah,
5: <laughs> yeah. No, no, what I what I would expect to see was, and this is what happens in most battles in next gen, um, the enemy ship will fire. And then they'll go, oh no, warn them we'll return fire, they'll fire again, we'll warn them again, we'll fire a warning shot across their bow, they'll fire at us again, and then find they'll return fire. So it's like every five times the enemy fires at them, they'll fire back once, and then suddenly they win the fight. It it (laughs) always amazes me how that manages to happen.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Right, just send one of our exceptionally
1: high-yield photon torpedoes. Yeah.
3: Just the one, though, I don't want to waste it.
1: (laughs) Jolly good, number one.
3: Yes. Now... T. Oh
5: great. Hot. <laughs> but the use of the the Klingon theme in that is quite good as well. I was reading somewhere that um in there's another track where um you know when Wolf walks onto the bridge for the first time, uh just after this, and uh, you hear his theme and that as well. That piece was actually written by Joel rather than Jerry, and they both separately decided to use the Klingon theme for when Wolf appeared on screen, which I thought oh, was quite really? quite interesting.
1: Yeah. No, that's very that's very coincidental. That's like yeah. Oh, you're gonna like this bit that I've done when Wolf comes in.
5: Yeah, <laughs> oh, like no, oh like
1: yeah, that's great. But now listen to this bit I composed already.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, Dad. Yeah. No, exactly. will be look at the timestamp, See so who done it first. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, that's absolutely beautiful. I love first contact bits. Oh dear. Though since Mark's not here, uh, I suppose me and Paul might actually have a chance to. Uh, might like play a bit of catch up. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You might do. In this week's Trek Off. Time for the Trek
4: Off.
5: Yes, and that music can only mean one thing, it's a time of the week again where our intrepid hosts of the podcast have to pit their wits against each other. I may have gone for (laughs) pitiful. Well, I mean, um, if I look at the scores, uh, going ignoring Marcus, obviously he's not here. You guys are both level actually on twelve points each, so there's there's all to play for in in, for second place. Oh yeah, definitely. So for those listeners who've forgotten the rules, it's fairly simple. The first question will be a clip of music from a TNG episode. First four seasons only, guys. Remember that. First and four seasons uh, you have to, five. yep. And you have to remember what uh, you have to give me the name of the episode. And then there'll be two questions based on that episode. And then you'll get some random questions from the Star Trek Definitive Trivia Book that I have sitting in front of me. I
3: think when I get to choose the number of the page.
5: Yes, because uh, I think Wayne did it last time, didn't he? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it would have been Mark's turn, actually, if he was here, but uh, as i say he's not, so he can't do it. First
3: four seasons only.
5: First four seasons only for the music, and then the, rant, the questions can be from anything, anything at all. Okay, okay. Hopefully for you, Paul, that'd be some nice TOS questions, yeah?
3: Oh, you are so kind.
5: <laughs> right then, chaps, so if you're both ready, we'll play
1: the first music clip. Let's go for it.
5: what do you think of that one
3: it sounded like a shitty 60s cop drama um, and I haven't got a clue I'm fucking, I'm that is really, a tough one it is really tough I, I'm literally I'm going to shut my eyes point at the list of episodes from season 1-4 choose an episode and give that as my guess good plan
1: well, uh, <laughs> the thing is it's, it's not got like the normal trademarks that you look for for uh, like a Klingon or a Romulan theme no or anything so it's really hard just trying to figure out out of the blue because it's like it reminds me I'm I'm sure it isn't so wait or might it be I don't know no I don't think it is oh without saying the episode I can't discuss it make your guess then and then you can discuss it yeah no, oh, I'm sure well, it isn't. A, I'm going to go
3: with this one, I think.
1: Okay, I'm going to go for... Wait. No, the thing is, I always I always convince myself of a wrong answer. I always talk myself out of an answer. No, fuck it. Take that as my answer, Matt.
3: Okay. Do you want to reveal
5: them to each other then? Uh, Paul, do you want to reveal yours first?
3: Yeah, I went for Up the Long Ladder. That was the one that I picked out of the four seasons.
1: Okay, and I, I I'm sure it isn't. I'm sure it isn't, but it reminded me of Who Watches the Watchers.
5: I know what you mean, like, um, but it's a bit the the music. It's not Who Watches the Watchers, and it's not Up the Long Ladder. No, so, um, the, the music from Who Watches the Watchers has got a lot more natural instruments in it. Yes, because obviously it's supposed to convey the primitive primitive society. Interestingly enough, though, both of those episodes were composed by the person who composed this. Okay. Um, I'll tell you it's Ron Jones just um, it won't help you but it is a Ron Jones piece um, so in which case I will play you the audio clue
4: okay Stabilize. Mm-hmm. the ship isn't responding sir
1: oh okay so the ship is in peril it is
3: Enterprise sounded like something was going on. Held alarm going off. The card was shouting. It stuff going on on the bridge. Ooh. Okay. They're so not good with this 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 bit. You know, the trivial yeah, I know. knowledge and stuff is all right, But uh, I'm trying to put music to episodes is a nightmare. Um, because I don't usually remember the episode names, Not the big ones obviously. Mm. All right, I'm going to go with. I think we've already had. The answers. I don't know. It all blends into one. I'm going to go with this one. I'm okay.
1: Probably wrong, but... Do you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go with... This is something that I thought straight away before I went for Who Watches the Watchers.
5: Okay,
3: gents. You've both got answers,
1: Paul. Yep. Yeah. Okay, Paul.
3: I, I, I now know mine. I, I'm sure mine's wrong. I'm in the conspiracy.
1: Okay. I was going to go for yesterday's Enterprise, but I'm positive oh, so it is isn't. Right. But I'm positive it isn't. So I yeah. went for Booby Trap. See, I thought yesterday's Enterprise at one point. Yeah. I can reveal, gentlemen. You're both
5: wrong. You're both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, booby trap, very similar uh, in its use of like synthesizers, synthesizers and things like that. So I can see where you're coming from. And again, that's Ron Jones. Uh, Conspiracy isn't Ron Jones, but and that's uh, I don't, I can't even remember the music for Conspiracy, except for that creepy bit towards the end where. Um, um, They're having dinner and everything like that, it's a bit weird, but yeah. Okay, so um, for one point then, I'll play you the full clip, and then hopefully this might give you a better idea. Hopefully. Oh yeah. Here we go.
0: Five minutes to launch site. Stabilized.
4: The ship isn't responding, sir.
0: Engineering, report, Mr. LaForge. Checking for failure of inertia dampeners. Instruments say they're working. Captain, we're heading straight into the path of that stellar matter. Shields
2: up. Negative. The shield will not respond.
5: Yeah, um, there's a very big clue in there.
3: Yeah, I, I, I can I can see the picture. I, I can see the picture of the stellar matter. Um, which bloody which what, what's the name of it though? That's the thing. Um, oh flippin' heck, right. Um, um, oh god. Um, 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 um oh. I don't know. Um, no. You couldn't narrow it down to a season for me, could you? No. No. <laughs> Any ideas, Wayne?
1: I haven't got a fucking clue.
3: No? No. I, I, I can see it. I can see the episode I've got. I, I, I can, I, it's like I've got the DVD player paused on one bit, but I can't wipe forwards or backwards. Um, I just, I can't remember what the name of it is. Um, No, what was that? No, I'm sure it's not that. I'm sure it's not that. Um. May no. Uh. No, I don't think that's.
1: Um. No, I haven't got a fucking clue. Oh. oh, oh right. Ah. Right. Me a couple
3: a couple of minutes more. Just just one more minute.
5: All right, Okay. One minute. I'll
3: try and get this bloody name of it. Um. Um. I'm just gonna have to guess. Oh, come I've got the fucking picture in my head. I can see it. I can see it. I'm gonna go with, uh, I, I'm, just, I'm gonna have to guess this one. I, I, I know exactly.
0: I, I don't, I'm gonna go with
3: this one. <laughs> Bollocks, this is. I know it's wrong. I know the episode, but I just can't get. The, I don't
1: know what the name of the episode is. I know it's wrong, but I'm just gonna guess that. Just because I haven't got a fucking clue.
5: Okay, gents, there's been a lot of agonising edited out of this,
1: I'd imagine.
0: Uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> there's a lot of dead air just being deleted. i would like to give your guesses. Okay, I know it's wrong, and I've gone for Legacy. Uh-huh. And Paul? And I, I, I'm, I just don't know the name of the episode,
3: I'm sure I know which episode it is, but I, I can't think of the name, I've gone with Symbiosis.
5: Right, okay, so yes, you are both incorrect. Right. Um, right Given that, okay. Given that, that's the that's the end there. What what episode are you thinking of?
3: Right. I'm thinking of the one where you can see the Enterprise, and uh, there's a ship, but you've got this great big planet thing that's got a load of stellar matter that's running off in front of it, and it's going down, and it's getting sucked into like a smaller black hole or something.
5: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I just don't can know you, the episode. You, do you, can you not remember the plot? A, anything after that at all, or what causes the Enterprise to go hurtling towards it?
3: Uh, wasn't there a ship stuck? Wasn't there a ship stuck there or something? They were trying to help it. The, and then they um, it was they were trying to pull it out. Now the uh, the episode was uh,
5: episode one of season three, which was Evolution, where Doctor S- uh, Doctor Stubbs was um, putting a, an experiment in there, and the nanites uh, escaped, and they started uh, causing malfunctions on the ship. So that's why the ship started uh, hermit- oh. the the So yeah, the answer was Evolution. Bugger. fucking hell. Okay, next. So given <laughs> given that um, you may find these next two questions rather difficult but we'll go for them anyway. Um, so you're both clear on the episode?
1: Yeah, Yeah, I know the episode. It's been yeah, a while okay. since I watched it, but yeah. Yeah.
5: Okay, so when um, at some point in the episode, the nanites release toxic gas onto the bridge, mm-hmm. uh, which forces people to, well, they, they need again? to evacuate. Pardon? What
3: was the episode
5: called again? Uh, I'll tell you that. <laughs> you're just going to look it up on memory alpha. <laughs> oh, no, I just can't remember it. <laughs> um what gas do the nanites release on the bridge um i'm not going to give you much time to to look these up uh nitrogen dioxide okay i sure your answer you're supposed to' Skype them to me but never mind
3: <laughs> um um i don't know i am gonna have to say i don't know okay, okay. so okay. gents have you got uh, have you got answers
1: wayne I'm going to go for nitrogen dioxide. And Paul?
3: I forgot the name of the episode. I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I can't even think of a gas. Let's go with, uh, let's go with um, I don't know.
2: Methane.
3: Yeah, yeah that's, that's a proper one, isn't it? I'll go with methane. <laughs> farts. They flooded it with farts.
5: <laughs> Now I'm actually I think I'm going to give you a point for this way, rather than two points because the mm. correct answer is actually nitrogen oxide Ah. Oh. So you had one too many oxygen molecules there but I'll give you I'll give you one point so you get half points for that because you were almost spot on
1: oh cool I don't do that very often
3: <laughs> can I have a so, the uh, episode now then because I, I have seriously forgotten what it's called you've got one
5: more you've got one more question there oh ok <laughs> right At. um at some point, there's a point where they're all having a discussion on the main bridge, and suddenly music starts playing randomly. Okay. Uh, can you think what care. the name of the piece of music is? Or the composer, because Data does say both, but, um, yeah. Oh, Either or. or I both. do what? remember
3: this happening. Uh,
5: there, if you've seen the outtakes on the Season 3 Blu-ray, uh, it's uh, a li- there's a little clip of it in there as well. Uh well, not a clip of the music, but a clip from that scene where Brent Spiner bursts out laughing while he's uh,
3: giving his dialogue. I
1: honestly don't know. I, I, I don't know.
3: Okay. No, what? I don't know. I, I can't. I can't remember. Um, okay.
5: If you both, if you both giving a, a don't know as your answer, I'll, yeah. I'll feel it. Uh, the song was "Stars and Stripes Forever." Oh
0: no. Oh, okay. And
5: it's, uh, uh I was gonna hum it then, but I'll. Save everyone the, uh, <laughs> the earache of that. But yeah, it, uh, it starts playing really loudly and they all have to shout to talk
3: over it. What was the episode called then? Evolution. Evolution.
5: Evolution um, oh, so, dear. overall, gents, in that part of the quiz, um, uh, one point. Main got one point. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so Strange, you're catching up on Mark Hand over Fist.
1: I <laughs> oh, wish it at this game, Paul. <laughs>
5: But but give, it's, it's, give us the trivia. It's, it's trivia book time now. Okay, so Paul, cool. uh, I'll start in a second, and then you can just say stop. So here we go. Stop. Okay. The page you have landed on should be is paid. no, no, no. I started at the back and went backwards, so should be the index then. <laughs> it's in the Starfleet section, and it's a section entitled Technology. Okay. So uh, okay, this should be interesting. Let me just pull the answers up. Right, so, 14 questions on this page, so who wants to go first?
1: Thank you. Okay, I will take number 13, please. Oh, I'm looking for some.
5: Yeah, I'm looking for some, let's have a look at this. Oh, you might, I think this is a, you might get this one. Uh, <clears throat> when Scotty tries talking to the computer and then into the mouse, oh. what does Dr. Nichol suggest he use instead? No. He oh. suggests he's using the keyboard. How quaint! Keyboard. How quaint. Yes, that is correct. He used the keyboard. So that's two points for Wayne.
3: Woohoo! Bollocks. Fourteen, Four?
5: please. You'd like number fourteen. <clears throat> uh, what kind of computer was Scott using in Doctor Nichols' office?
3: Oh, what? Um,
5: Just the brand will do. I know
1: it. Um, <coughs> it oh,
3: I can see it. I can see. I, I, I can. I can. I can. Um, Uh, was it, uh, right, let's have a think of the computer name. Um, uh, let's have a think. This was the voyage home, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. So he was using a, is there doing it to make plastic? Um, Mm. oh, bloody egg. (sighs) Was it a, um, um, Oh, I can't even think of bloody the, the names of them.
1: Come on, there's only
3: about like, like six hmm. or seven.
5: <coughs> yeah, it's a, it's, you know, it's a big, it's one of the big companies who makes computers. Is it a Mac? It's in America, isn't it? Is it a Mac? Yeah. It was a Mac. It was an Apple Macintosh Plus, apparently.
3: You can so be happy now, Paul. <clears throat> oh, I don't know. You got it right. Yeah, I know. I just, just, just didn't feel like a, I didn't want a computer re-answer.
1: You bastard, you're so ungrateful. <laughs> yeah,
0: you got two points
3: for that. Admittedly,
5: Wayne's got three points today, but uh have yeah. both closed up a bit. So, uh, between the two of you, the score is now 14-15 to Wayne. Oh. Technically, that means Wayne's won this week as well, so you've gained a win. <laughs> hey. So it's
1: 5-0-1. That doesn't happen very often. <laughs>
5: <laughs> you know what that means, though, don't you?
1: I do know what that means, and that means, Paul... That's trick, mate.
0: Collected more technology than the Borg. And almost all of it is useless. Wait. What's that? Benson. Grid 49 Alpha. Oh, she's beautiful. Just an old Rust bucket. What are you kidding? Look at those lines. It's a work of art. That ship wasn't assembled, it was sculpted. I think I'm in love. Velocity Freedom They'll never understand these things the way we do yeah, maybe you're right Of course I am You don't belong here You belong with me
1: Well, that doesn't sound like Tom.
0: It wasn't Tom. It was Alice.
1: Now you've lost me.
0: That's the name that he's calling this new ship. Ever since he started working on it, he hasn't slept. He's become irritable, irrational. It's not just me. Chakotay and Harry have noticed the same thing. This new ship, it has some kind of neurogenic interface. Exactly. It must be having some kind of an effect on him. TrekMate Podcasts, would you like to get a hold of us? Visit TrekMate.org.uk and boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Make it so. Prepare to attack, all-hands battle station. Don't worry, we will get to the bottom of this. It's a tall ship and a star to steer by I don't want excuses. I want answers. Am I authorized to enter the neutral zone? How do you think that tells me about your character? Captain's log, stardate 3541.9. Program complete. Enter when ready.